of these verses is as follows Say, my Lord has enjoined justice and fix your attention aright at every time and place of worship and call upon him making yourselves sincere towards him in religion as he brought you into being so shall you return Some has he guided and as for others error has become their desert they have taken evil ones for friends to the exclusion of Allah and they think that they are rightly guided. O children of Adam, look to your adornment at every time and place of worship and eat and drink but exceed not the bounds. Surely he does not love those who exceed the bounds. Today, Allah the Almighty is granting you the opportunity to inaugurate your mosque. And although its construction had been completed a while back, however, its formal inauguration is taking place now. Initially, a hall was built here to serve as a mosque, 
However, now you have been able to build a proper mosque. And in any case, a very beautiful and splendid mosque has been built. And it is also quite a large mosque with regards to its capacity. We pray that may Allah the Almighty enable all of those who helped in the construction of this mosque to do true justice to it. It is our prayer to Allah the Almighty that those who have built this mosque have done so with the sole intention of worshipping Allah the Almighty. And may they derive benefit from the saying of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, wherein he stated that whoever builds a mosque to attain the pleasure of Allah the Almighty, Allah the Almighty will in turn build a house for them in paradise. However, the purpose of a mosque which has been built for the sake of attaining Allah the Almighty's pleasure does not end upon the completion of its construction. In fact, one can only attain the pleasure of Allah the Almighty when they adhere to His commandments and when they do true justice to His worship and fulfill the rights of His creation and when they give precedence to their faith over all worldly objectives with utmost sincerity and when they do true justice to their bed. We are extremely fortunate that we have accepted the Imam of the age and the true servant of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And we should always remember that to believe in the promised Messiah والسلام, and to enter into his bath places a great responsibility upon us. After having entered into the bath of the promised Messiah our responsibilities are not finished. In fact, they have increased more than before. And it is only through fulfilling these responsibilities that we can become the recipients of those rewards which Allah the Almighty had promised to grant to the promised Messiah Thus, each and every one of us ought to understand their responsibilities. It is our responsibility to keep this mosque populated with worshippers. It is our responsibility to live with one another with love and affection. And it is our responsibility to spread the message of tolerance and brotherhood across the world. It is our responsibility to convey the message of the beautiful teachings of Islam to the world. And it is also our responsibility to always remain focused towards our reformation through constant prayers. It is our responsibility to be mindful of the reformation of our future generations and it is only then that we will be able to fulfill the due rights of the mosque. On one occasion, the promised Messiah stated that you should build a mosque wherever you wish to introduce Islam. And so through the construction of this mosque, Islam will be introduced in this area from an external perspective. Some neighbours came and expressed their positive sentiments as well. And despite the increased number of people attending the mosque these days, and also the rush and the noise, a neighbour living right next to the mosque came to visit us a few days ago and stated that we are happy to have you as our neighbours. However, 
we must always be mindful of our neighbours and not create unnecessary noise and commotion here. We should always perform all our tasks within the legal boundaries. But in any case, the neighbours and those passing by the road will be introduced to Islam through the mosque. And now this means of introduction will open ways for tabligh as well. As such, each and every Ahmadi should become an example of the teachings of Islam. The world should notice a clear distinction that in this materialistic society there are such people as well who whilst living in the world and participating in their worldly affairs give precedence to faith over the world. and that they have a relationship with the all-powerful Creator and they have compassion for mankind and render their services to humanity. When worldly people observe this, they become curious and this then opens ways for the propagation of Islam. Therefore, every Ahmadi must now present a practical model of the teachings of Islam more than before. In the verses I just recited, Allah the Almighty has drawn attention to various responsibilities for those who attach themselves to mosques. And first and foremost, Allah the Almighty has said to establish justice. And in relation to establishing justice, Allah the Almighty states at another place in the Holy Quran that let not a people's enmity incite you to act otherwise than with justice. And so one who upholds the standard of establishing justice cannot think ill of another person. There is no question of causing harm to others. In fact, such a person will seek opportunities to play a role in benefiting other people. And when a person fulfills the due rights of others in this manner, then this most certainly leaves a virtuous impact in one's surroundings. And it is this very virtuous impact that then opens ways for tabligh. Hence, the first guidance in relation to the mosque which Allah the Almighty has given to true believers who attend mosques is to create means to fulfill the due rights of mankind and the most important aspect in order to achieve this is to establish justice. When Allah the Almighty instructs us to uphold justice with non-Muslims and even with one's enemies, then how great should be the standard of love and affection amongst our own people? When such a condition develops, then Allah the Almighty also looks upon such people in a loving manner. When such people enter the mosque in order to worship Allah the Almighty, He then accepts their worship. However, if a person does not treat his wife well at home and constantly taunts and scolds her and if his children are afraid of him and if his actions are leading them away from religion then in such a case neither is that person's service to the Jamaat 
nor is his worship acceptable in the sight of Allah the Almighty. And this double standard deceives no one but the person himself. Hence, a true believer is one who establishes justice both in the private and public sphere, and there is harmony in their actions and words both in the home and outside. These are the very people who fulfill the due right of populating a mosque. And this is due to the fact that their hearts are imbued with the fear of Allah. Thus, it is our duty to reach this standard. Otherwise, it holds no importance if we simply build a mosque and come here and offer our prayers in haste, as if it is a burden. And when one attains this standard, they become like an innocent child in the sight of Allah the Almighty. And they shall have a good end, for they are fulfilling the rights of Allah the Almighty, as well as the rights of His servants. Therefore, one should not be proud over the fact that they offer a lot of prayers, or that they go to the mosque five times a day, or that they render services to the community, and consider this to be sufficient. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has stated, the one who does not fulfill the rights of others does not fulfill the rights of God. Therefore, we should not be under any false hope. A true worshipper who fills mosques is one who acts upon the commandments of Allah the Almighty whilst instilling the fear of Allah the Almighty in his heart. Allah the Almighty then emphasizes once more by stating that if one does not act upon his commandments nor makes concerted efforts to tread the right paths whilst being sincere to him in religion nor repents or seeks forgiveness then Satan will overcome them. Therefore, pay continued attention to repentance and seeking forgiveness while submitting to Allah the Almighty. Nowadays, there is a dire need to pay attention towards this, especially in this environment of worldliness. And it is only then that one can attain success, and it is only then that one can become like an innocent child in the presence of Allah the Almighty. It was due to the deteriorating state of the Muslims that the decline of Islam began, when they made justice and worship a mere show, or failed to fulfil its due rights. Everything was then ruined. They, by all means, continue to build beautiful mosques and continue to do so even today. In fact, nowadays in Pakistan, there are efforts to demolish Ahmadi mosques simply because they do not wish for the mosques of the Ahmadis to look like theirs, nor that they have any minarets or mihrabs. However, no worshipper of the gracious God has been produced from among them. They deem it worthy of pride as they persecute Ahmadis and they are under the impression that they are striving to bring them to the right path. In any case, 
This decline also took place in the earlier era as well, owing to the fact that the filling of mosques became superficial. Very rarely could one find true Muslims in certain places, but in general there was a decline. As it were, this was all meant to transpire, and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, also drew attention to this. But after that era of darkness, as a result of the period of light that came with the advent of the Promised Messiah and owing to the pledge we have had the honour to make with this ardent devotee of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that we shall give precedence to faith over the world and that we will live according to the commandments of the Holy Qur'an. And as I have mentioned, we must therefore pay great attention to our condition. And we must safeguard our mosques from the state of the mosques of others. In relation to this, Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated that a time will soon come when nothing will remain of Islam except its name, and nothing shall remain of the Quran except its words, and the mosques of the people in that time will seem full yet they shall be empty of guidance and their scholars shall be the worst creatures living under the canopy of the heaven. Disorder shall stem from them and to them shall it return. And this is exactly what we are witnessing today in the majority of Muslim mosques. Hence, what we are seeing nowadays should cause us to become alert They have nothing but disorder and as I have mentioned earlier that their only efforts are to demolish the minarets of the mosques of our Jamaat and they do not even call them mosques but places of worship and they claim that they have to demolish the mihrabs. They have no other services to faith nor any justice. In any case, this is a lesson for us as to how we must fulfil the rights of mosques and the rights of others whilst being sincere. Whilst explaining the first of these verses which were recited, the Promised Messiah states that the apparent and physical state of Islam has weakened. The Islamic Empire no longer carries the same might and grandeur. And in terms of faith, the example that was taught of those sincere to him in obedience is nowhere to be found. There has also been a drastic internal weakening in the state of Islam and external forces seek to eradicate Islam. In their view, Muslims are lowlier than dogs and swine and their purpose and intentions are solely to destroy Islam and bring an end to Muslims. Now, it is impossible to combat them without God's book, His help and manifest signs. And it is for this very reason that God Almighty established this community by His own hand. Hence, under these conditions, if we who have accepted the promised Messiah do not reform ourselves whilst doing justice to our pledge of allegiance, 
and in accordance with the teachings of the Holy Qur'an. And moreover, if we do not constantly analyze our conditions, then we cannot be counted amongst those who did justice to their Pledge of Allegiance in the era of Islam's revival. We are the ones who must restore Islam's reputation once again. And the condition of the Muslims described by the Promised Messiah is indeed a very frightening one and practically this is exactly what is being seen. However, we must inform the world that although they may see Islam and Muslims to be despicable and consider them to be lowlier than animals, but they should remember that the world's salvation lies in acting on the teachings of these very people. Hence, we must undertake the task of guiding the world with full confidence and bowing before Allah the Almighty in order to seek His blessings. Some youngsters raised the questions and one youngster asked that how can we confront such people who ridicule us? I responded to him by telling him to be confident and to remain firm in the conviction that today the world's salvation lies in our hands because we have accepted that promised Messiah an ardent devotee of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, who was sent by Allah the Almighty to give life to the world and who was sent by Allah the Almighty to spread the teachings brought by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Now, it is only by association with him that one can adorn their life in this world and the next. We must inform the worldly people that they should not suffice merely on the attractions and successes of this world. For life after death is eternal and if one goes there empty-handed, then they will have to face the wrath of Allah the Almighty. And Allah the Almighty knows best how He will treat them. However, at the same time we should always remain mindful that when we warn the world in such great detail, then in that case, our every word and action should be in concordance with those very teachings. The standards of our worship should be lofty and our standard of fulfilling the rights of our fellow beings should be lofty as well. In any case, whilst further describing the state of Muslims and Islam, the Promised Messiah states, that at this time there is a discrepancy in what is currently regarded as Islam and morals have become degraded, meaning high morals no longer remain. The Promised Messiah further states that the sincerity described in those sincere to him in obedience has risen to the heavens and loyalty, sincerity, love for God and trust in God have been lost entirely. Now, God has intended to revive these forces once again. Hence, we should be grateful that we are associated with the one sent by Allah the Almighty in order to tend to the fallen state of Islam.
Muslims also had a part to play in non-Muslims and anti-Islamic people attacking Islam and considering this esteemed religion to be abject and deplorable. And had the Muslims not deteriorated, then the enemy would have never dared to attack Islam in such a manner. However, today we are the ones who must establish the standards of loyalty to God Almighty as stated by the Promised Messiah We are the ones who must adhere to the commandments of Allah the Almighty with sincerity and loyalty. We are the ones who must spread love in every direction and remove hatred. We are the ones who must have complete trust in God Almighty for it is God Almighty who can do everything. Today, Islam is the only true religion which will prevail and for this we must bring forth all our capabilities in order to become the true helpers of the promised Messiah This has been decreed by God Almighty that the duties he entrusted to the promised Messiah and the promises which Allah the Almighty made to him will inshallah be fulfilled. If we become helpers in this cause, then we will reap the blessings of Allah the Almighty. But if we do not progress, then Allah the Almighty will send others to assist the promised Messiah But regardless, the work will be done. Thus, we must keep our conditions in view and wherever we sense weaknesses and shortcomings, we must strive to remove them. With regards to the weaknesses that we must remove, the promised Messiah states, and this is an era in which ostentation, self-admiration, haughtiness, which is a form of arrogance, and to think very highly of oneself, arrogance, pride and conceit have become prevalent. On the other hand, virtuous traits such as being sincere to him in obedience have departed to the heavens. The Promised Messiah further states that having faith in God and aspiring to do good have all but vanished and it is now God's desire to plant them anew. Hence, the Promised Messiah has said that virtues have vanished while evil deeds have increased. However, Allah the Almighty, who is the most benevolent, will not ruin his people. And he has now decided that virtues will increase and evil deeds will die away. Thus, every one of us should evaluate whether we are playing our roles in completing the mission of the promised Messiah Are we trying our utmost to rid of evil deeds? And are we trying our utmost to adopt virtues? And are we striving to our utmost to reach the true standards of worship? Even the ability to do good is attained through the grace of Allah the Almighty. And if we are not trying our best to attain the grace of Allah the Almighty, which is attained through such worship 
that is solely for Allah the Almighty's pleasure and not only for the fulfillment of one's own desires and comfort, then all our efforts are in vain. Either that or the desire to achieve this objective is pointless. Therefore, we must very deeply evaluate ourselves and we must fervently seek repentance. And we must constantly align our actions to the pleasure of Allah the Almighty. The promised Messiah states that sincerity is a prerequisite for virtuous deeds. Just as Allah the Almighty has stated that the trait of being sincere to Him in obedience is found within those who are true saints. The promised Messiah further states that bear in mind carefully that he who becomes solely for God Almighty, God Almighty becomes His. This is a fine principle that must be adopted. We ourselves do not fulfill the rights owed to Allah the Almighty and then say that Allah the Almighty does not hear our prayers. Some people also harbour such resentments. Thus evaluate yourselves and see to what extent you have fulfilled the rights owed to God Almighty. Allah the Almighty is very benevolent and despite our countless mistakes, He continues to reward and provides for us. Therefore, we should be mindful of how we will fulfill the rights owed to God Almighty. And the biggest right owed to Allah the Almighty is that the rights of His worship be fulfilled. We have built a mosque and its rights must be fulfilled. You should come into this mosque solely for God and His worship. And whilst bringing our attention towards this, the promised Messiah has stated, that Allah the Almighty has stated that I have created the jinn and man so that they worship me. Indeed, this worship and submission at his threshold is not possible without a deep love, love that is not one-sided but exists between both creator and the creation. It is as if the lightning that falls upon a dying human and the lightning which at the same time leaves the human burns away all weaknesses within, both of these come together to create complete spiritual being. Thus, we must safeguard our prayers with consistent attention and focus. And this can only be achieved when we truly love Allah the Almighty. It must be a deep and intimate love that resembles no other. Thereafter, the love of man for Allah the Almighty and his love for man brings about revolutionary results. Those who tire after praying a little or those who desire to learn of the philosophy of prayer and want to build a relationship with Allah the Almighty should be mindful of these aspects. Do not go to Allah the Almighty's door only when you are in need. Rather, build a bond of personal love with Allah the Almighty. In turn, Allah the Almighty also loves such a person. And for this to happen, it is imperative to be completely obedient to the commandments of Allah the Almighty and His Messenger, peace be upon Him. It is necessary to love the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon Him, and to be obedient to Him in the spirit of that love. Thereafter, Allah the Almighty also manifests His love. And when these two forces of love come together, 
And as the Promised Messiah stated, that the grace of Allah the Almighty, which is beyond our comprehension, showers upon man. Furthermore, the Promised Messiah states, Man has naturally been created for God, as it is stated, that I have not created the jinn and the men, but that they may worship me. Allah the Exalted has instilled within man's nature an inclination towards himself and has created man to be devoted to him through the most hidden means. From this we learn that the fundamental purpose for which God Almighty has created you is so that you may worship him. However, as for those who detach themselves from this fundamental and natural purpose of theirs and live like animals and their only purpose in life is to eat, drink and sleep, they become distant from the grace of God Almighty and he no longer remains concerned for such people. God Almighty takes interest in the life of a person who believes in and then transforms their life. The Promised Messiah states that one ought to fully adhere to this and make worship his ultimate objective. The Promised Messiah then further states there is no telling when death will arrive. It is immensely important for you to understand that the very purpose for which God Almighty created you is so that you may worship Him and become devoted to Him. The world must not be the centre of your aspirations. The Promised Messiah further states that I reiterate this single point again and again because in my estimation, worship is the sole purpose for which man has been created and it is this very instruction of which man is negligent. I do not say that you should abandon your worldly businesses or forsake your wife and children to retreat to a jungle or a mountain. Islam does not deem this to be permissible. One should take part in worldly affairs and also fulfill the rights owed to their wives and children, for this is part of the teachings of Islam. The Promised Messiah further states, Islam does not allow asceticism. Islam desires to make man active, diligent and able. Therefore, I say that you ought to engage in your businesses with toil and labour. It is narrated in a hadith that a person who owns land but does not use it for agriculture will be held accountable in the sight of God. Therefore, if someone understands this instruction to mean that they should detach themselves from the affairs of the world, they are mistaken. Not at all. The fact of the matter is that you ought to ensure that the pleasure of God Almighty is intended in the businesses that you engage in and you must not ignore his will to give precedence to your own motives and emotions. Thus, one ought to carefully reflect and ponder over this. The Promised Messiah stated in a very heartfelt manner that he repeatedly draws attention to this point and one should never forget the objective of their life. If, after having claimed to enter the bath of the Promised Messiah we then forget the purpose of our lives, then our bath is of no benefit and our words will carry no weight. Thus, every Ahmadi ought to ponder over this. They should deliberate and ponder over this and assess themselves as to how many minutes do they devote to the worship of Allah the Almighty in the entire day. Can one fulfil the objective of their life by simply offering Salat for a few minutes and with very little understanding of what they are reciting therein? Allah the Almighty does not stop us from engaging in our worldly pursuits. In fact, 
he expects a true believer to reach the highest level in their worldly works, their businesses, trade and agricultural work. But alongside this, Allah the Almighty also states that owing to being engaged in worldly endeavours, one should not become heedless of the purpose of their lives and they ought to safeguard their prayers. If you have built a mosque, then you should not be proud of this owing merely to its physical beauty. In fact, its true beauty is owing to those who truly worship and one should be mindful of this fact. One should excel in righteousness and strive to attain its high standards. And it is only when one achieves this that they can be considered as true worshippers. In relation to true worshippers, Allah the Almighty states that they also ensure to keep themselves purified both within and physically. Hence, there is a general instruction for those who observe the Salat that their clothes should be clean and they should perform ablution before every prayer because one's physical cleanliness has an impact on the inner state. Moreover, one becomes refreshed through performing ablution and their attention remains focused in Salat. Then another commandment in addition to the commandment of Salat is that one should eat and drink but not exceed the bounds. A general interpretation of this is with regards to a balanced diet and that a believer does not exceed the bounds with regards to food and drink. And by not exceeding the bounds, one is able to remain healthy and they are able to worship in a proper manner. And another meaning is that the objective of a true believer's life should not only be to eat, drink and sleep, as Allah the Almighty has mentioned, that to only do this is a trait of the animals. Moreover, I quoted the extract of the promised Messiah which expounded upon this, that this is the life of animals. And if we further delve into its meaning, it also means that one should not only pursue after worldly endeavours and aspirations. In fact, one ought to recognise the purpose of their creation. A true worshipper engages in worldly activities but does not allow themselves to become so engrossed in them that they become completely oblivious to the fact that it is the time for prayer or that they have to observe the prayer. In fact, when it is the time for prayer, one's thought should be that the time for their worldly activities has now ended and now they have to present themselves before Allah the Almighty and have to offer the prayer whilst doing true justice to the rights owed to Allah the Almighty. It should not be the case that one quickly offers the prayer. Rather, one should offer it in an excellent manner. And along with the physical cleanliness and adornment, one should also adorn their hearts with righteousness. Allah the Almighty then states that indeed one is permitted to eat and drink and everything pure and wholesome has been created for mankind and is permissible for them. And also one is permitted to engage in their worldly businesses and endeavours but if this prevents one from the worship of Allah the Almighty or it causes one to be neglectful of going to the mosque, then this means that one has exceeded their bounds and Allah the Almighty dislikes one who exceeds the bounds. People say that why have five prayers been prescribed as this is very difficult to do in today's day and age. They say that it is difficult for one to take time out from their daily activities in order to pray five times. However, Allah the Almighty states 
that this is not difficult. In fact, one has exceeded the bounds if they are only concerned about their worldly endeavours and have become neglectful of God Almighty. And when one exceeds their bounds, then gradually they become distant from Allah the Almighty. If Allah the Almighty becomes displeased with someone, then they are completely lost. And though such a person may claim that they are a Muslim or they are an Ahmadi and have done the bad of the Imam of the age in accordance to the instruction of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. However, their actions are causing them to incur the displeasure of Allah the Almighty. Thus, Allah the Almighty has given a very balanced teaching in that one can attain worldly material, but they should also be mindful of their faith and they should not exceed the bounds. And a true believer is one who always gives preference to their faith over worldly things. And when one gives their faith precedence over all worldly things, then Allah the Almighty opens all kinds of new avenues in order to grant provisions to such a person and bestows blessings in his work. Therefore, one who adheres to and lives according to the commandments of Allah the Almighty and strives to attain the high standards in his worship, then by the grace of Allah the Almighty, their worldly needs are also fulfilled. One's greed for worldly aspirations continue to increase, and if they go on increasing, then they are like a fire which never extinguishes. If one remains firm in their faith, then the impulse to attain worldly desires no longer remains. Otherwise, this is like a fire which can never be extinguished and one becomes completely immersed in it. And such a person is neither granted anything in the hereafter, which is the true life. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, states that only those people keep the mosques populated who believe in God and in the last day. Therefore, we ought to become amongst those believers who keep the mosques filled and the hallmark of such people is that after observing their prayer, they remain in wait for the next prayer. Thus, the purpose of building a mosque is to keep them populated and this is how one can do so. After having built this mosque, it is the responsibility of the local members to keep it populated and this is the way to attain the blessings of Allah the Almighty and also to reform oneself and to enable one's progeny to remain attached with Allah the Almighty. Otherwise, the worldly attractions in this current age will cause our children to become distant from faith. It is important to attach them to the mosque and instill the significance of faith from their childhood and this is the duty of both the mother and father. Also, as I mentioned earlier, that you should be mindful of the fact that now with the construction and the inauguration of the mosque, more people will be introduced to the Jamaat and also this mosque and to Islam. And new avenues of tabligh will open and more contacts will be made.
Therefore, it is the duty of every Ahmadi to take benefit of this and spread the message of Islam in Ahmadiyya. The Promised Messiah states, At present, our Jamaat is in great need of mosques, as they are the houses of God. In whichever village or town our mosque is established, one can assume that the foundation of the success of the Jamaat have been laid. He further states, However, the condition is that when establishing the mosque, one's intentions should be sincere and it should be established solely for the sake of Allah. Thus, as the Promised Messiah has stated, that with the establishment of a mosque, the foundations of the success of the Jamaat have been established. If the Ahmadis here strive with sincerity and elevate the standards of their worship, then inshallah, one can assume that Allah the Almighty will lay the foundations of the success of the Jamaat here as well. Therefore, continue to elevate the levels of your worship and sincerity and ensure that sincerity, the importance of prayer and worship are passed on to your progenies. Through this, we will be able to see a transformation in even the people who are engrossed in worldly pursuits. The Promised Messiah states, The real beauty of a mosque is not in its construction. In fact, it is dependent upon the worshippers who pray in it with sincerity. May Allah the Almighty enable everyone to become those who offer prayers with sincerity and populate this mosque. May Allah the Almighty accept our prayers and worship. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> 